This is Macro Horizons Morning Musings. I'm Ian Lingen, here to bring you our thoughts from the trading desk for Friday, June 26th. Welcome to BMO COVID-19 Insights. Visit bmocm.com COVID-19 for more up-to-the-minute insights. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. Case counts and closures will continue to be the primary drivers of price action in the Treasury market as the weekend approaches. It's not an especially compelling trading environment, but nonetheless the one facing investors as the fallout from the pandemic continues to present the most relevant uncertainty for the balance of the year. While the trade war and looming election carry with them a degree of event risk, the influence of COVID-19 on expectations for both the depth of the recession and the pace of the recovery remains the dominant factor in the macro narrative. With the U.S. seeing its largest daily increase in cases on record, the prospects for governors to further delay reopenings will garner the bulk of investors' attention on what might otherwise have proven to be a slow summer Friday. While it's tempting to characterize the recent surge in coronavirus cases as a second wave, as it's hitting areas largely spared during the early stages of the pandemic, it's more apt to characterize the surge as simply an extension of the first wave as the virus makes its way across the nation. Comparisons are often made between the timelines and pandemic progression in European countries and the U.S. However, will caution that the size and scale of the U.S. means that such comparisons lack the appropriate context. The assumption that the virus would progress across the expanse of the domestic territory as quickly as it did in Italy or the U.K. reflects investors' pandemic fatigue and eagerness to move on more than it does the realities of the situation. The implications will primarily manifest themselves in the form of uncertainties surrounding the length of the first wave and the timing and probability of a second. This suggests markets were premature in claiming the end of the outbreak simply because the coronavirus appeared to have run its course in the Northeast, the region which was initially considered the epicenter of the pandemic in the U.S. As investors grapple with a more realistic understanding of the timeline of the road to recovery, attention will remain squarely focused on the performance of risk assets as the main real-time gauge of sentiment. In this context, the 3,000 level on the S&P 500 marks a compelling line in the sand as headlines continue to indicate the initial wave of COVID-19 has further to travel before containment or victory can be claimed. We're also watching the 200-day moving average in this benchmark equity index that comes in at 3,020.9 as key support. A breach of this, especially on a weekly closing basis, would be a decidedly negative technical indicator. The end of the first half is rapidly approaching, and much has been made about the relative performance of domestic equities versus fixed income and what that implies for rebalancing flows as the books are closed on Q2. The takeaway from this dynamic is a short-term positive for treasuries at the expense of stocks. While this isn't a reflection of a shift in the fundamentals, the risk remains that the price action itself becomes the event, whether from a technical perspective or simply the perception that sentiment has fallen in the face of the acceleration of COVID-19 infections. 
the performance of risk assets ahead of next week's employment report will be of particular relevance, if for no other reason than the departure point from which markets will incorporate the updated jobs figures will help skew the odds of a breakout versus range-confirming move. As for this morning's consumption and income data, we'll be approaching the releases with two key caveats in mind. First, the 9.2% gain in personal spending is off of depressed outright levels, and therefore it's useful to focus on the absolute level of spending as opposed to the rate of change. Base effects are relevant given the magnitude of the recent declines. Second, transfer payments were the driver of the 10.5% April upside surprise in personal income, therefore the 6% drop forecast for May should be somewhat less troubling, with the nuance that the composition of earnings could offer context for the damage inflicted on the labor market. And with that, this is Ian Lingen signing off. Be safe, tune in, and stop out. Thanks for listening to Macro Horizons. Please visit us at bmocm.com backslash macrohorizons. We'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. So please email me directly with any feedback at ian.lingen at bmo.com. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more insights, visit bmocm.com slash COVID-19. This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbitt Burns, Inc., and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO. Notwithstanding the foregoing, this podcast should not be construed as an offer or the solicitation of an offer to sell or to buy or subscribe for any particular product or services, including, without limitation, any commodities, securities, or other financial instruments. We are not soliciting any specific action based on this podcast. It is for the general information of our clients. It does not constitute a recommendation or a suggestion that any investment or strategy referenced herein may be suitable for you. It does not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial conditions, or needs of individual clients. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a representation that any investment or strategy is suitable or appropriate to your unique circumstances or otherwise constitutes an opinion or a recommendation to you. BMO is not providing advice regarding the value or advisability of trading in commodity interests, including futures contracts and commodity options or any other activity, which would cause BMO or any of its affiliates to be considered a commodity trading advisor under the U.S. Commodity Exchange Act. BMO is not undertaking to act as a swap advisor to you or in your best interests, and you, to the extent applicable, will rely solely on advice from your qualified independent representative in making hedging or trading decisions. This podcast is not to be relied upon in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. You should conduct your own independent analysis of the matters referred to herein, together with your qualified independent representative, if applicable. BMO assumes no responsibility for verification of the information in this podcast. No representation or warranty is made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information, and BMO accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast. BMO assumes no obligation to correct or update this podcast. This podcast does not contain all information that may be required to evaluate any transaction or matter, and information may be available to BMO and or its affiliates that is not reflected herein. BMO and its affiliates may have positions, long or short, and affect transactions or make markets, insecurities mentioned herein, or provide advice or loans to, or participate in the underwriting or restructuring of the obligations of, issuers and companies mentioned herein. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For full legal disclosure, please visit bmocm.com legal. To access our full disclosures for equity research reports, please visit researchglobal0.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public disclosure slash.